Welcome to Out Loud, the queer music podcast presented by the Q LGBTQ Creative Network. Honey, you like boys, 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 boys. Kind of cute when you get drunk, start flirting with me for a little fun. But you get scared when you get sober, cause the drink's gone, but the feeling ain't over. I know it's so confusing, but what I'm concluding is that you're here with Susan, but it's me that you want to be doing. You're a straight A student, but you get more D than me. You're in the F in fraternity. No homo, <laughs> bitch, please. Honey, you like boys, 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 boys. Let's get one thing straight, you ain't. Honey, you're a walking pride parade. Up on Grinder talking about trade. Gay for pay without the pay. You're not up in the gym for the girls, you're up in the gym for Jim. And Peter, Paul, Thomas, Luke, Scott, Joe, and Tim. You're a straight A student, but you get more D than me. You're in the, the F in fraternity. No homo, <laughs> bitch, please. Honey, you like boys, 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 boys. Baby, let's be honest, come out of that glass closet. Don't resist that limp wrist, we want to see you flaunt it. Baby, let's be honest, come out of that glass closet. Don't resist that limp wrist, we want to see you flaunt it. Baby, let's be honest, come out of that glass closet. Don't resist that limp wrist, we want. Honey, you like boys, 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 Hello everyone out there in podcast land. I am apparently taking over the singing reins of this show. That is not supposed to happen, but you know what? Sometimes it just kind of kicks in. You listen to enough music and suddenly it becomes part of who you are. It's, It's part of the soul now and it's coming out at different times. Hello and welcome to Out Loud, the podcast. It has been a hot minute since we have been uh, putting out some episodes. It's been a busy time and I know that a lot of people have been experiencing the busyness of 2023, but here I am back again, your host, Kenny Fitz, uh, and I've got one heck of a show for you to listen to. Now, I know that these podcast episodes can be a little lengthy, but that's because there's so much goodness to bring to you and you're going to be getting a lot of goodness this time around. So buckle up. Now, on the way in, what you got a chance to hear was a brand new song by artist Casey Starr, and it's called You Like Boys. Kind of fitting for this episode and for the podcast in general. It's a fun song, lots of lots of tongue-in-cheek in there, and it's just a, a very fun and you know flirty kind of song. And there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of humor in the song, and I really really enjoy it. I think that sometimes we overcomplicate 
music by trying to create things that are, I don't know if they're held to a specific kind of standard or they have to sound a certain kind of way. And sometimes you just need to take off the the breaks and take off the restraints a little bit and just have some fun with it. And I really feel that Casey Starr is doing that on the song. So I hope you enjoyed it because I enjoyed playing it for you. And I said that it kind of is fitting for this episode because in this episode, we are going to be joined by and talking to director, writer, producer, all things kind of film from Australia, Lee Gallia. And he's been making uh, movies and, and shows for quite some time. He's an independent artist and he's he's bringing some really interesting things, I think, to the screen. To give you a bit of a backstory, I saw the poster for his new show, Single Out, and it is a, I, I, I can't call it a sitcom. Um, it's more of a, you know, it's a 30 minute, 25, 30 minute um, uh, episodic series around uh, a queer young man and his life and his people and his life. And it's it's a really interesting take on it, and I'm really enjoying it. So I saw the poster for it, and I was just like, oh my god, can't wait to you know see this and, and know about it. And Lee kind of got into contact with me and said, do you want to do a review of it? And I said, hey, sure, I would love to see uh, any kind of content. So he shot me over the... Um, the pilot episode and I took a, a, a watch and I watched it a couple of times and, you know, I put some thoughts together and put it out and we've kind of had this back and forth ever since. I'm just kind of following along with the success of it and all the different uh, places it's now being seen and it's getting into North America soon. You were going to talk a lot about that, so I won't give too much away, but um, it was just really neat to be able to kind of, you know, Australia is very far from me, but just to kind of connect and be able to talk about some of the stuff. And I'm such a huge TV and, and movie buff as I am with music that it's great to see queer content being created and not just the, I guess, the stereotypes of what has been done in the past, but really just the normalized, this is the life, this is the life. And I think that Lee has done a fantastic job with it. So we are going to get into a conversation. We're going to talk all about it. I've seen the first few episodes. I think people will really like this show. And I think that you're really going to like our conversation and what Lee has to talk about and has to say about the whole entire thing. So we're going to get to that. But first, we're going to check out a brand new track from rap artist Bammy, and I've been trying to pick music for this uh, episode that really kind of fits in with the youthfulness of what's kind of happening with this with this show but also you know it, it is funny but there are moments of you know serious nature of it too so I've tried to be really um, mindful and thoughtful about the music that I've chosen for this episode to kind of show that as we get into more queer film let's make sure that we're out there giving our queer music artists, our composers, our producers, some some space to be able to be um, you know discovered through through the different mediums. So this is Bammy. It's his latest. It's called I Wanna Freak. And you're gonna freak for Bammy. So we're gonna check that out and then we're gonna be joined by Lee Gallia in just a few. Stick around. Hey yo Ling, you ready? Let's go! 
a bob saw the booty like magic. Wild, oh, let me see you shake it, baby. Don't break it. Put that shit back. Let me see if you can take it. Run and grab your finance a relay. We want some, we want some. Where my Florida bitches at, you heard? Where the Bronx, where the Bronx, where Brooklyn? <laughs> Welcome back to Out Loud. And now, as promised, I am joined by writer, director, creator, producer, all of the things uh, from Melbourne, Australia, Lee Galea. Lee, welcome to Out Loud. Hey, how are you? Um, I'm so excited because I haven't had a whole lot of opportunities to talk to filmmakers so this, and I have been very fortunate, thank you very much for allowing me to see the first couple of episodes of your show, Single Out, and I'm loving it, yeah. and I'm so excited to be able to kind of talk to you about this. So first of all, obviously, the show that you are currently producing, and you are the writer, director, creator, you're all of the things of it, Correct. You're yes, just not in it. And I think, actually, are you not in a couple of bits and pieces? No, not no? having cameo. No, I thought I thought for sure that uh, that you may have, and I was just like, "Is that him back there?" Um, but it's a great show. Uh, it is obviously um, a queer youth, not youth. I don't want to say youth, um, but it is around a young man coming of age. His name is uh, Adam. One, it's I mean, right now, queer television programming is kind of in a a really good surge of support and and you know being being picked up in different places but tell us a little bit about the show and everything kind of like how it all kind of came together <clears throat> well yeah like you said there is a like huge surge of queer content at the moment which was at the time 
during a 2020, like mid 2020 lockdown in Melbourne, there was, there wasn't really, there was no heart stopper. There was no this, that, that. And then I was kind of like watching a lot of series at the time and thought, oh, you know, maybe I could try this because I've never, I was never passionate about TV or short ep- episodic writing or anything like that. And um, and I got into this show called Search Party. I don't know if you heard it. You know Search Party? I think it's, so, yeah. Yeah, and it's a comedy and they're 20 minutes and they're, they're made by these uh, indie filmmakers and they... Um, and it's just a really fun show, and it got you know got me through some lockdown times, and um and I thought maybe I could do this, so I jumped on my computer, and one night I told my friend I'm like I'm gonna write a show, and this is the pitch, and then he's like go for it, so I just sat on my computer and I wrote pretty much what was the first two episodes, and then I split them. It was like twenty pages, and then I and then I realized, well you've seen the second episode where they go to the club. That was in the first episode. And then I decided to split it so that the first episode finished with the mum's birthday. And then the second episode was more about the club and, and some of those experiences. The first episode ends so it's it's great because it's just basically, all right, here comes the Band-Aid. It is ripped off. And that's just what you're left with. And it's like, no, I need to see what happens next. Um, I know. I You were the first re- person to review the show. Well, review that first episode and you really understood exactly what I was doing, which was like what you said, ripping the bandaid off because I was watching uh, some other, I was doing a lot of research and watching a lot of shows and of queer content from the past. And, and there was a, things where just for the main character to get their first kiss or their first experience or even to come out just dragged on for like the whole series. And I thought, no, wouldn't it be refreshing just to kind of get it out of the way so then it can just be about who, you know, just they can live and do their own thing. And um, so that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to be a little different and be like, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna drag the the coming out. We're not gonna drag it, we're just gonna let we're gonna rip it off straight away. And um You know, and with some of the shows that are out there right now, and you mentioned Heartstopper, which has had such great success success, which is phenomenal for, you know, queer television and queer artists in, in general, you know, and then you have um, shows like uh, Young Royals is out on Netflix as well. And yeah. you have uh, so much queer content happening in like Spanish shows like Elite that, um, you know, it's it's becoming it used to be. And I remember back in the day you know, with night soaps, we, we call them like Melrose Place and and different yeah. shows where if there was a queer character, it was like, oh, you know, they're queer, but they won't have relationships. Or if they do have a relationship, they're never going to be, you know, good. It's always going to go awry. You're never ever going to see sex scenes or you're never going to ever see romantic scenes. And I think with the with what's happening with Heartstopper, it is really focused on that school system and what it's like being in school whereas this show single out is we're talking about young adults um it's it's about you know these guys and he's the the band-aid ripping off with the mother and and i find a lot of the secondary characters like the the fringe characters are have such great personalities there's a real interesting dynamic um with a lot of them but you know, it's, it really is about, I just need this to be, I need to be done. I need to be out there. I need it to to have my life. Um, I don't know what that life will look like, but I just need it. And, and then you have it. And I think that's the difference that I think a lot of 
I think as people are growing and if you're young, you do need those heart stoppers. But as you're growing, you need shows like this too, because the next phase of your life is coming and not everybody has those welcoming and supportive or, you know, sweet young youth kind of romances. Most of us didn't have that. Most of us kind of went, oh my God, we got to the point and this has to kind of happen now. Well, I actually made a film in 2013, Monster Pies. And um, that was pretty much my heart stopper, you know, like very romantic, very sweet, um, but then also a little bit tragic. And it was all set in high school and they were like supposed to be like 16 or something. And I I didn't, because this is the second kind of me going to doing queer content again, I thought I don't want to do high school again. So I thought I'll just do it from the, you know, kind of at the start of university or college or whatever. So, uh, you know, about that, around that age going, you know, in the workplace, family. It gave you a little bit of freedom to tap into what that age level would be going through and not to give anything away to the audience who may be listening to this and who have not seen the show yet. But, you know, the setup of Adam being, you know, the, the, seemingly at the beginning the only queer character in the series but we quickly find out that that is not true um when we get introduced to josh uh the paramour the 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 hot boy that is the friend of the brother and you know and things happen very 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 quickly which funnily enough i think that when you take some of the excessive drama out of some of the shows this is kind of how life happens it's like oh my god this is what's happening it's happening oh it's happening okay and it's yeah. done we're done okay good yeah. <laughs> you know it's so yeah. it's it's uh it's it's interesting how that there must be a little bit of a freedom i guess is what i'm trying to say in that age range being able to play in a little bit of a different world where you can take some of maybe the the breaks off well i think like yeah like that previous film, I had the restrictions of you. you always, there were characters were always restricted by their parents mm. and what decisions they could do based on like, oh, my parent. Uh, and I didn't want. I guess I didn't want that. But I, I, I call it like a the spiritual sequel to that film because I and it was like, okay, what would we, what would these characters be doing outside of high school, a little bit older? Yeah, season one is. It, it's it's weird because I think that we're so used to seeing Netflix or seeing, you know, Amazon Prime or whatnot and be like, okay, it's all out in one shot, but you are still working to get this. And you're, I think, working on season two, but you are working still the first season of getting it out and around to different places and, and having these, um, you know, festival showcases and, and, you know, getting it out there. How is that developing for you? I guess. Well, we, we are getting a U.S., we are getting a release in April. Oh. But yes, I haven't told you yet, but. <laughs> that <laughs> so is exciting. It is, it is coming out. It's on a platform that I'm not sure if I'm, I can announce it yet because it's not like. We well, you, made you it. keep that to yourself, but we do know that yeah. it's coming, that we there is it's going to be a North American. And I can, I guess, because it's so close now, We um, it is going to be available through Qantas, the, you know, on the app. So when you're on a plane anywhere around the world, I think you can just jump on and watch it. And that was to um, coincide with pride, world pride. Right. With 
that's happening here in Australia. So um, we've had a couple of film festivals and we, we did have um, a festival in Fort, oh my God, I can't say it, in Florida. We had a- Fort Lauderdale. Um, yeah, you can never say that probably. But um, yeah, and we had one there and we've had a little- few little pockets um, a couple in Europe and you know a couple Melbourne screenings but it's it's been like a slow I mean I it took me after we shot the first season it took me like eight months or nine months to get a sales agent who could start getting it out there and we were sitting on the show for like months that was just we did not you know what do we do with this and um so I'm a very kind of impatient person and especially with tv series if they take too long for the second season, I'm just like, nah, you lost right. me. I'm like, you, I'm not, I don't have the momentum anymore. And I know that's horrible, but like, that's kind of the way we are now because we're so used to getting what we want so quickly. You know, you just kind of, you want to be fed, you know, like, oh, give me that second season. And I, and I was saying to a friend yesterday, I said, you, you can forgive maybe a gap between the second and third season, but you might, you might drop off between a first and a second. Maybe that theory isn't like 100% accurate, but I, I feel like if you've got me by two seasons, I'll definitely come back no matter how long it takes for the third. So I just kind of, before we even landed a deal or anything, I'd already, and before I even finished grading or mix, sound mixing the first season, I started writing the second one and, and just wanted to jump in. And also I've made five feature films. I've never done a sequel to any of my work. So it was the most bizarre thing to just go, okay, I'm continuing this story again. And it's, it's, yeah, the whole thing's been kind of a, a learning experience, but, but just surreal because I'm like, when I was writing it, I'm like, how do I do, how do I make this just as good as the first one? And, and I think at the beginning of the writing process, I was trying too hard to be mm-hmm. good, to be amazing. And then I went, you know what? You didn't try hard. You weren't like forcing yourself to, be amazing like you were just writing like a stream of you know and I thought I need to be like that in the second season I need to just write not overthink her and trust my gut and I thought like I've done it before I could do it again and then and then I think with the second season we might have we might have topped it because (laughs) it's it definitely goes in in a lot of different directions well, you must have had, and because you've already said, you know, this is your first time into into television, you weren't even thinking about it. Um, so it is a different writing process and a ri- different writing style. So yeah. there must have been a, even a, an adjustment period for yourself and in, in the writing as you were kind of getting into it. And then that pressure to kind of, yeah, take it to the next level is probably a very natural thing that a lot of writers experience when, you know, you've created this. And I can't remember, is it is it a six or eight episode season? Six. Yeah. Six. Um, yes. So, you know, you you get that and writing people think, oh, you know, six episodes, it can't take you that long. I'm sure it is arduous and very torturous to get, you know, it all contained oh, within right. six episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you mean uh, writing six episodes? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that was the thing I never understood about TV writing. Like, how do you, how do you write something and it ends in 20 minutes? Because I was so used to writing like 90 page features and stuff. And I don't know. I, I guess if it wasn't for that first two episodes, I, well, that first writing session where I was like, oh, okay, I get this. I just, yeah, I think I got, got the hang of it, but it, but look, 
in saying that, even when I wrote those six episodes and we, the, as you could already see by the second episode, it's non-linear and mm. we we kind of repeat from different views points and stuff. And that was all in the script. But when I went to follow the script and edit the show, it was just way too confusing. Like um, people were kind of not catching on where they were in the story. So I kind of had to like rejig it to make it a little bit more linear and a little bit more straightforward. Just um, the story was still developing even in the writing process, in the editing process. I would, I and I guess that's, you know, something that people don't necessarily take into consideration sometimes. I think that they think that things are shot from start to finish, which yeah. isn't necessarily true. It's kind of, you know, shot and all over the place. And then in yeah. the editing process, you massage the story to make sure that it kind because of, you're right. Like, how do you sit down and write something that you know is going to be, we're, it's going to take 20 minutes to to shoot and, and to show yeah. on film because that's not necessarily how it goes. Yeah. And we also, we, so when we started shooting at the start of say March, 2021, and we went all the way up to, we finished on the 31st of July and we were just doing kind of like one month we'd do four days, another month we'd do another four days, and then we'd do like 10 days. And then, and then we started going into lockdowns again, as we're, where we're trying to get, do the last few days. And there were some kind of B stories that we were like, oh, I'm not going to, I don't want to, show that like I'm not gonna do that character or there was something with a big crowd and we're like we can't get a crowd because of COVID so I had to cancel things I kind of just quickly threw an edit together of what we had and realized that the last episode didn't have an, a really good opening and that and in, we needed something to end episode five so we kind of we <laughs> Melbourne went into like another horrendous lockdown in 2021 and put us in and then they let us out for one weekend and we were all we were all on standby, like waiting to come out just to shoot this thing. And we had one weekend out. I quickly shot like the opening of six and some little other pickups. And then by the next weekend, we were back in for like four months. Oh, so and that's, and that's when I just finished the rest of the edit in the lockdown. But it was it was horrible. And we were but we were lucky because we were shooting for like, you know, five months without really or four or five months without huge interruptions. And then that happened and we're like, no, we just need, we need to fix the last episode. Can we just quickly? And, um, and I think, yeah, it was a crazy time, but luckily it's not as crazy like that anymore. Speaking of openings, show openings. So episode two, which I just recently saw, um, yeah. had an opening and I was like, what is going on? Here. That was the point of that episode. <laughs> I was like, this is not where we left off uh, because yeah. it, you know, it was, was focused in on Clay, the brother, mm. and mm. he was, <laughs> there's a massage. Anything, <laughs> there is a massage. And I'm like, what's happening here? And then we get the kind of the recount of everything. And then we're back into the, the episode and then where we end. And I, I said to you online, I was like, oh my God, cliffhanger at the end yeah. of the second episode, which this not being the walking dead or anything like that. I know we're not going to third episode and somebody has been eaten, but we, we do know from the setup of the of the um, intro to the uh, second episode, and then the conversation uh, between uh, Adam and Clay about yeah. Clay's extracurriculars, and and yeah. that, and then how the episode ends. Uh, it's it's a nice 
it's a nice clay arc without yeah. having to pull too much focus that you that yeah. was layered through that oh thank you <laughs> i think um i think you might maybe in your review you might oh some reviews are saying oh the show's about two brothers and i'm like oh okay i guess it is like and i and it, and and so that was kind of like not really what i was doing but then clay become is such a big character that you know because in the first episode he's not he's more of a side thing he's just he's at the you know you know he's not really a big part of the narrative he's just kind of but he's the, got a definite presence he's got a presence um, because, he's having pizza and he's you know making fun of his brother and he's at the dinner you know like he's kind of just eats in the first episode and plays football with his brother but then um because originally this this the the way i wrote it was the the, the pitch was meant to be uh, a different character per episode Mm-hmm. And Clay was meant to be uh, this like footy jock who was originally he was he wasn't his brother he was just a, another guy who was um, like a closeted guy who used to do um, things for money which we we changed in the uh, later yeah and it was meant to be like all different um, people having things and then I ended up making them all related so I was like oh I'll make that jock his brother I'll make Marco his best friend rather than you know, and so then that's when I emerged everybody. <laughs> or I make these people a couple, you know. <laughs> and again, only two episodes into it, I, I do have to say it's kind of like you can see, or at least I think I can see some some real interesting things that can come out of this kind of going down the road. Even with, you know, with Josh, because rarely do we see the boy get the boy so yeah. quickly. And that yeah. it kind of... It, it's it's almost kind of very matter of factly, especially even with Josh and his conversation with Clay about yeah. that. Um, yeah. It's not like you're. It's not. It's not this painful experience yeah. and this outpouring. It's kind of like no, this is kind of like what's happening, and hope you're okay. And it's kind of yeah. like yeah, whatever kind of thing, right? Which we don't see a lot of. It's it's. Yeah. I think a much more. I, I don't want to say um, a, a adult or, or mature approach to it, but it is a little bit far more lifelike than the, the, the torturous kind of, you know, script that you may have involved in to, to drag things out as you were talking about. Yeah. And I'd already done, uh, already done a kind of a, a depressing queer story before. So, uh, you know, or tragic. And I, I think also being in a lockdown and, going through this pandemic and it was kind of I was like people are gonna want to need they're gonna they're gonna need laughter they're gonna need some light-hearted stuff so I kept it pretty I tried to keep it light as much as I could and and um yeah Yeah, 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 yeah. Just tell me in advance, just tell me in advance. 
is there much uh, i guess in the tv world and in movies it's it's a little bit different tv seems to be where we're seeing a lot of queer content really being generated and having success because it's not just about the queer characters it's just you know it's folded in with all the other characters in Australia, is there a, a good support system there for that? Is there an openness to it? I mean, there's an openness to it. I'm, I mean, we shot the show around to everyone in Australia and they no one wanted it. So it was like, but, but sometimes it was like, oh, it's too adult for our viewers or it's too young for our viewers, you know, and it was just kind of like, okay. So we're just trying to find that right, like who we had... um heartbreak hard enough you've got that on your netflix yep. there so and my bestie who marco is based on he was in the original 90s heartbreak high as an extra and he was in the first episode like literally the like the second third scene of that show but back in the day in the 90s there were there were no queer characters in that show and now it's like 50 50 or predominantly it's that's what they're focusing on even when i was trying to pitch to netflix or oh, someone was you know i kind of thought why would they take that? Like they're producing their own content. Like they, they're, I think Netflix is paying for part of Heartbreak High. So why would they want to get something that's going to be a direct competition to mm. them? So I thought, I thought, no, they're not going to, you know. So I don't know. I don't know what's happening here in Australia, but sometimes you, I, the way it is kind of here is you, you've got to make it in America first and then Australia will be like, oh, no, no, we love you. We'll, we'll bring you back. So Canada is a little bit like that too. Canada can be like that. America, everybody kind of looks at it and says, you know, if it's if it's good there, people there are saying it's good, then it's it's going to be good for us too. I think we're getting. I mean, I think with the uh, inclusion of um, some of the non English language programming, I'm watching a lot more from other countries now than I am from you know North America as much. And I'm you know, mentioning Elise and the Young Royals, but also just, you know, what's happening in Korea and, you know, with yeah. between Squid Game and, uh, oh, my God, I just finished watching the uh, second season of Alice in Borderland. There's some really oh. interesting content that's happening where I think that people are are starting to kind of take a step back a bit and be like, yeah, you know what, I don't have to be spoon fed what's the good thing i'm gonna go find out what's the good thing for me you flick through netflix you might see a little picture oh you know what i might try this and there's so many times i've done that where i'm like oh i'm gonna try this and then it's great and then i'm like telling all my friends you gotta watch this actually shoots creek was one of those shows like i was watching it from season two and it wasn't even had it didn't have a release here in australia my friend was like <laughs> downloading it and we were watching it and I was telling everyone, Shit's Creek, Shit's Creek, you know, and no one knew what I was talking about. And then it's become this huge show. Like, There's such an opportunity, I think, for the smaller market shows now to get really noticed because people are taking it upon themselves to discover mm. things on their own. And I think that's a great way you know for tv to kind of be there's no shortage of television out there like there's so much television out there which was great during covid but now how do you keep up with all of it because we've all started binging you know far too many shows to keep track of i think, I think it's a well, good thing yeah i mean now they're doing the whole pull it doing them once a week like yeah. which is back in the 
in the 90s, you know, and was like, I don't know, sometimes I like that because it gives me something to look forward to every week. Even when I, so I just finished White Lotus season two last night. I was enjoying it so much. I didn't watch it all in one hit. I was sometimes watching just like half an episode and then I'd go to bed and watch another half, the, the, the other half. And so I just kind of stretched it out as much as I could. But um, don't, do you ever feel that whole, when you watch something really quickly, and then you have this emptiness, like, yep. oh my God, what do I do now? Like, I just, you know. My husband and I argue about it all the time because we will binge things and I'll be like, no, 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 we just watch two episodes. Just watch two episodes. I don't want it to go by so quickly because then once yeah. it's gone, I have no idea how long I'm going to have to wait for it to come back because of yeah. the way that it used to be that, you know, mainstream television, it was a season of 20 to 24 episodes. Yeah. And, you know, you would start in September, you would finish in April, and then you had yeah. your summer or whatnot. You didn't even think about television during the summer. And now we have six, eight, 10 episode arcs, but then we have to wait a year and a half for some folks to come back. Like, oh my God, it's still waiting for Ted Lasso. And, you know, it's, it's hard because you get invested in it, but the binge where you can watch it all at once, it's, it's like, it's like kind of going to, it, this is a real weird analogy, but it's like going to summer camp and you're there for two weeks, but then you leave and it feels like, You've known these people all your life and then you have that loss because you're never going to see them again or something. It's it's kind of yeah. like that weird thing where you want the next phase of the storyline. You know, I, I'm OK with some shows going to the weekly release yeah. because that's what it used to be. It's funny that you say that because I forgot that. Yeah, like you it would even though it would start and say like 2021 and like or say 1997 and it would push on to like the start of you know 98 but then by the end of the 98 you've got the second the third season or the fourth like you it starts again and it's, yeah. it was really just maybe a six month gap and then you're back if on that again. if that four months or something so yeah I forgot that we were so lucky like that like we, we kind of it was wait. now what we did have too was a lot of filler episodes there was a lot of shows that would have been much more served by a shorter season rather than Ooh. trying to drag it out over the course of 18 to 22 episodes when really yeah. it was only a show that was meant to be say you know when when walking dead started i think walking dead has a really great has always forget about the writing because it went crazy but the premise like how they laid it out was the first uh, part of the season was eight episodes before Christmas. The second part of the ep uh, season was eight episodes after New Year's. And that mm. 16 arc in that setting, I really like. I really like that because it helps. It gives me something before the holidays. It gives me something after the holidays to look after. But I'm still getting a shortened season that's condensed and better writing for the most part, not everybody, but you know, that hopefully is stronger writing rather than it's stretched out. I mean, it's semantics, everybody's different. But you are right when, when you think about if there's too much time between that first and second season, people can forget about the show and lose and lose the show. Also, if like, you're not hearing that they're making a second one, yeah, you might not even watch the first one because you're like, why am I going to invest? You know, this might not even continue on. This is this might waste my time. You know, like I don't want to invest if it's not going to be continuous. I, but I think that there's I think there's a validity that's in there with what you're talking about. 
So this is an interesting question. You know, you wrote this and then all of a sudden Heartstopper's out. Going back to the second season or even how you're feeling right now, do you feel pressure yourself because of the success of these other shows and some of these storylines that are happening to create things in a very specific way or add things in? Do you feel that pressure? Do you do or do you allow yourself to kind of feel that? The, the, the strings that are kind of being pulled out there to kind of get into your head. I don't know. I mean, I, it gen- like, I generally, like, I did feel there was like, oh God, like they're doing something very similar. But then when I went and watched it, I was like, actually, no, it's, I didn't realize how young they, the characters were. So, mm-hmm. and how it's kind of, it's quite an innocent show. Like there's no nudity and there's no, you know, it's quite sweet. And I thought, okay, this is this is perfect because if you're a, a young gay boy and you just wanted to kind of dip your toes into queer content, like I think that's a good start there. And so I kind of like I thought, okay, so we're a little bit, we, you know, our demographic was meant to be, you know, eighteen to twenty five or something like that, or whatever, whoever you want, whoever wants to watch it can watch it. But we we wanted a balance, so it um it wasn't yeah like you said there, there were young adults there was still it wasn't just like a high, you know high school stuff and it's I love Heartstopper I thought it was done so well and 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 but then I didn't feel like we were doing anything too similar yeah so I was wrapped I was like because I would have changed the edit you know I was like because we that came out when I was still editing so I was like okay and and also. I had to watch it to make sure when I was writing season two, I'm not repeating similar storylines and ideas and stuff. I think like, you know, we were talking about Shits Creek before that, that, that was a, a search party in Shits Creek and sex education, which all started with, happened to start with S uh, <laughs> and single out. Oh my God. Didn't even think of that. Um, where they were all my kind of benchmark. So it was like Shits Creek was for the 20 minute comedy Mm-hmm. Like it was like, okay, you can write, you can, you got to wrap this up in this, this short period and, you know, and, and also keeping the comedy flowing as much as he could also, as well as the drama. Cause Shits Creek does drama just as well as it does comedy and search party was for the, you know, the having the look of an independent film, which is kind of where I was from as well as those films. So I was like, okay. And I didn't want that. I didn't want the look of, what Shits Creek, Shits Creek is kind of looks like nearly, you know, it's very kind of like the same shots every episode of, right. it doesn't look cinematic and they don't do handheld or anything creative. There's not, you know, fancy cinematography or anything like that. So I wanted that kind of, that kind of indie look. And then Sex Education was basically like, okay, these, this show wasn't scared to explore sex and explore and be honest about masturbation this and this and this so I was just like okay let's you know let's do a full gay version of that you know and but keep it within like the family and stuff so it was kind of there were my there were my little you know where I was inspired to go in that direction I'm not sure if that, you asked me a question if I'm even answering it but I'm going to answer it just then doesn't but, matter because it was a great answer anyway. It was it's it's yeah. just I mean I I think that with so much out there it's oh you were saying pressure that was the question was yeah like I, I I guess about and I mean I guess the other side of it too is like then there are the ultra sex driven queer content pieces uh, yeah, yeah. like Illy like the the latest Gossip Girl things like yes. that where they are challenging we are now seeing the especially male 
female scenes being much more graphic and open about the sexuality and the sexual content. The worst thing I did was watch Euphoria while I was like, while I was filming, because I went, oh my God, this is so good. I'm never going to be as good as this show, but I you know maybe it kicked me up the bum a little bit but I was just gonna say with what you're saying I didn't want the show based on how much sex we have and right or how much we have I thought no it's it's it, this is a comedy and this is fun and I, I felt like it didn't need that and then when I saw Heartstoppers I was like wow they didn't even go there slightly so they kept it quite PG. So I thought okay so I, I felt like I was in the middle of the say Heartstopper and maybe sex education or euphoria somewhere like in the center i would say that you're aware that the sex is happening or or some kind of sexual content is happening but you're not you're you're not getting it to the point where you're you're getting it's not queer as folk uh, but it's definitely not dumbed down the elements are there you're just they're just not on display the same kind of way from a from a director's point too, and I guess you know you're writing this stuff, and then as a director, you have to kind of bring your cast together. Um, is that a challenge uh, in in those kinds of confines to kind of bring your actors together to explain kind of what's happening? I think sometimes people think this is easy, and we all know that it's not. Even if it's not a sex scene per se, there's still content that <laughs> has to be portrayed. Yeah, in a I mean, there were many actors who didn't want to be in the show because they didn't want to kiss a guy. Like, right. it was plain and simple. I mean, sometimes they wouldn't say that to me directly, but it was a bit obvious. And um, and I I mean, I can't, was casting in, in lockdown. I was casting over Zoom meetings and phone calls and it was it was just, it was crazy. A little cold, I, I guess. Sorry, a little cold in the sense of casting yeah. because you don't have the luxury of being in person to be able to see how people relate to one another and whatnot. You kind of have to do it uh, with a barrier. We had it. We were casting everyone around August, September, and we didn't meet in person until December. So it it took like you know months and months and months before any of us were in the same space. And but then everyone got along really well on that first meeting, and they turned to me and said wow you've done a really good job we all like you know we all love each other and I was I was like great I'm like cool let's make the show um but no casting for me I put a lot of effort into that I get told like I'm really good at it because I just seem to find people sometimes a little bit before they kind of make it a little bit and and also just you know it's also about chemistry with other people like who's gonna if you're gonna make two friends or two brothers or or you know or or a love interest like how are they going to look on screen? Like, uh, is this, because sometimes I see two people that are like love interest in something and I'm like, I don't buy this. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, in the real world, uh, you know, you would not be with that guy or you would not be with her. And it's like, this doesn't seem realistic, you know? So I, yeah. Um, but yeah, casting is hard. And, and, and it was also like, it was our first season. So we, people didn't know whether, whether the show was going to get finished or if I was legit. I mean, I had my other films to prove like, hey, no, I'm a real, you know, this is real, you know, I do stuff. Some of them took a chance and, and some didn't. And then, you know, we just kind of jumped into it. And I really, yeah, I'm glad we did. <laughs> I think that you came out really well with the casting. I think that one of the things, uh, and again, just in two episodes that I've seen, is relatability 
to yeah. the characters and to the storyline and to the setting. I think there's a real relatability and a realism that's involved because it's not over the top. The the queer, the the stereotypes or the 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 over the topness that's there in any respect isn't a spectacle. It's not on dis- for to be on display. It's just part of that natural character of a somebody. And I think that more people look for that. I think people look for that. They look to be able to see that relatability in things. And I think that that's what they have here. I think because what I did even with my feature, it's like when I write queer characters or or, or, or relationships, I do it in a way sometimes where if you swapped out a, one of the boys to a girl, you could still have the same script. Yep. You know, and like I'm not saying I, you know, successfully do it a thousand percent of the time, but that's how I treat, you know, gay or queer romances. And that makes it more relatable to, say, a straight viewer because they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not gay, but actually I've had a relationship very similar to Um. Yeah. Well, listen, the, 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 see, I'm super excited to hear more about April and what may be transpiring there with the, with the season. But how can people support the show? Because I know that you started off with a Kickstarter and that has finished. And now well, you're that in. Was, that was that a long Kickstarter was very brief. It was like something we did before season one was shot and we raised only a few grand. It didn't really, but right. it was more of a promo to right. promote the show. But just following us on Instagram or Facebook and or liking our trailer or watching our trailer on um, on my uh, YouTube channel. So things like that are helpful. And also telling you, like watching and telling your friends, like that word of mouth is always the best, you know, sorts, you know, form of advertising. So. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much. I have one other question. And I don't know if this is something that you've thought about or whatnot, but us being you know, out loud, being starting off with it as a music primarily uh, uh, supporting uh, platform. Do you have you looked at doing uh, with the soundtrack in that? Do you get involved with much? Uh, queer music in Australia for the soundtrack. Um, no, but I did produce the opening song that that you've heard now. It's yep. the open. Like you've only heard it twice now, but I produced that song, and it was in the end credits of the first episode. Um, so yeah, but I that actually what you've just said. That's going into season two. That's what I'm hoping to be able to do is work with more queer musicians because. I didn't, I didn't have that experience in the first season. And it was really just friends and friends of friends. I'd be like, who, you know, who had a band? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, do you, what songs do you have? And it even goes back to casting, like trying to cast queer actors to play queer characters. It's like in season one, it was kind of 50-50. Season two, I was just pushing more. If you need suggestions, you let me know. Well, music? Queer yes. Music? Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. There's a lot, there's a lot right in Melbourne. Listen, everywhere. There's so many artists that are out there that are making some really crazy kick-ass music. Yeah, that would be awesome. Like, I I guess now that we're a little bit, like once the first season's out and we're a bit more public, like I can maybe put the feelers out and be like, hey, if you want to put in some music for season two. Well, listen, I want to thank you for joining me and spending all this time with me. And I'm excited to see the rest of the season. I'm excited to see kind of where things go. I'm excited for April to see, you know, where everything's going to kind of land. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm excited that it's not just one season, that I know that there's at least going to be a second season. Well, we're actually working on the third season now. Well, there we go. Um, <laughs> we're going to, I'm going to start writing it soon. Um, I'm, and I've even cast, I started casting like last week. <laughs> so, so we have lots of single out to come. And um, yeah, if anyone listened to the end of this, I have a little exclusive for you. The second season is going to be seven episodes. Not Ooh, we're getting a longer season. I like it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, so you've got an exclusive on your show. <laughs> I love it when that happens. <laughs> you, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, I can't wait to share everything when it starts to come out. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Sun rubs open, sun's out Bright as shade zone, cause we drip while it's hot Pretty toes don't need no socks Kitchen looks cause the body's have notch I've seen how this goes I've been here all before Catch me while the streets are hot I give my number so it go Grossing late night Talking about all the things we share Grossing late night with the wind Blowing through my hair Cruising late night Playing the songs Show me how much you get Cruising late night Talking about All of the times we shared Brighter shades on But the sun ain't now Three inch scene With the thigh need out Free stuff baby Watch your mouth like a pop Call it what you want I'm the treat that you got Came out on me Could it be your dream Yeah Dripping down like the peaches and cream Nice and warm, I can pitch it to the team I promise that I pitch it to the team Don't you wanna cruise with me, baby? Catch, catch me, look at me See this body, see who I am I'm a boss that we can set, baby Say, won't you take me for a cruise? Cruise, baby, baby, Cruising late night, late night, about looking for all the things we share. Cruising late night with the wind blowing through my hair. Cruising late night, 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 Girls and late night, girls and late night, girls and late night, girls and late night, chevy chevy boom boom. Okay, friends. Well, I want to thank Lee Galea again for joining me and and talking all about single out and his his work and you know kind of what's coming next i'm so excited about it and i can't wait to see the rest of season one and everything else that has to come with season two and hopefully three four five forever how long it kind of rolls on but also check out monster pies that film by lee it is fantastic you really need to check that out as well and in amongst the mix there you got a chance to hear some new music from eric spike 
his latest. It's called Satisfy, as well as Sad Boy Music and his latest, Cruising. And I hope you enjoyed them. Again, those are, you know, queer artists that don't necessarily often get a chance to be heard very often or, or you know, get played. So we're really trying to make sure that we spread some of the love around and introduce you to some of those artists that you may really enjoy. And you should go and check them out. Make sure you stop by the website if you you know want to learn more about where you can find out about all these different artists curated by Q.com, of course. And you know, and if you need any support in terms of finding the music, if you need help, if you need suggestions, by all means, rattle my cage, send me a DM or email me at the Q at curatedbyq.com. Happy to point you in some directions depending on what you want to hear. All right, so we have some more music for you. Uh, Since there's a lot of chat in this episode, I do want to get you into some music. So we're going to check out some new tracks right now from Avery Cochran, Noah, and that's N-O dot A-H, like Noah, Um, and from Clayton. It's her latest. It's called Petty Revenge, and we're going to be back to wrap up this episode in just a few. So check these out and come on back for some more. Hi, my name's Noah, and you're listening to my new song, Upload. I wrote Upload about giving into a feedback loop, whether that's something technological, an addiction, a cycle. These things are hard to break, and we get caught in these cycles. What happens if there's a pop song that's written about leaning into the lunacy of all that, the almost ignorant euphoria. My new song, Upload, is my third single, and I hope you enjoy it. Upload Upload your mind It's Your mother's father No one's son 
when do I get off now and become what I am? Friends, or you would have been up front. Definitely. 
now there's no more what ifs We'll call it like is We're just those sinners Mistaken forces Like the music you hear on this podcast? Then be sure to check out the Out Loud Radio Show. It's four hours of LGBTQ new releases from artists from around the world. Listen every week on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. EST on communityradio.ca. Okay, we have come to the end of yet another episode here of the Out Loud podcast. I know, incredibly sad, incredibly sad, but I swear I'm going to try, I'm going to promise to try to get some new episodes out relatively quick coming. I do have artists lined up and interviews and conversations lined up. It's, to be honest, folks, it's the editing. It's the editing. It kills me. If I had another me to go and sit in a corner and just do some editing, I'd be, I'd be pumping these things out faster and faster. I do not have that. I do not have that luxury. So, um, it takes me a little bit of time sometimes. So, I'm sorry about that, but they are coming. Now, before we close this off, I do want to say thank you for listening. And if you have suggestions, please send them over. If there's people that you think that I should be talking to or music that you want to hear, please always send over your suggestions. But for now, I'm going to leave you with the razzle-dazzle, crazy electro fantasticness of Electrosexual. This is their latest. It is called Discolition. I've been your host, Kenny Fitz. This has been Out Loud, and we will see you next time right here on the podcast.